Welcome to the Captain Bagrat Podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asian-ish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Welcome back to another episode of the 7-Minute Pulse for another jam-packed, bite-sized, unexpected Asia, ponder ponders and secret Asian, Asian-ish. Aside from listening to the 7-Minute Podcast, so what else can you do in 7 minutes? Probably just long enough to tolerate 7 minutes of maths table games. And I don't mean maths as in mathematics, the stuff that they teach you at school. I mean maths as in married at first sight, table squabbles and game theories based on she said, then he said, then they said, and everybody's a hypocrite. Seriously, what maths equation can I use to reclaim seven minutes of my life back? Okay, less trash and more punch. Batter up. In unexpected Asian news. Poking fun at melons. Not quite Pokemon, but poking fun at melons. Occasionally, you see the odd person or two poke or test the firmness of fruits and vegetables in a supermarket. However, in Japan, torturing fruit, nay, melons, with your knife-like finger can result in jail time and a slap of $134. A 60-year-old Hokkaido woman was arrested for poking, and possibly without the consent of these melons, uh, well, 13 of them actually, expensive melons, with her steel-like finger. Now, don't be all that's nothing. Apparently, these rare premium melons from Japan made headlines in 2018. A pair of them got auctioned for $29,000. Now, those are a pair of expensive melons. So what's the motivation for poking melons? Well, they don't exactly know what the woman was doing, poking 13 of them. But um, the police and the public may have some opinions associated with perhaps people just really like the feeling of penetrating fruit, which I don't think is uh, quite nice because, you know, fruits may have feelings too and consent should apply to them as well. From Japan, we now fly 4,700 kilometers southwest to Bangladesh to the family or the bunch of families with no fingerprints question can a smartphone with fingerprint id work if let's say you didn't have fingerprints on your you know finger fingers hands or toes well this is exactly the case with a rare type of genetic mutation where no fingerprints are left behind i actually don't quite like the word genetic mutation i like to use the word genetic variation you know, as genetic mutation or disorder seems to be such a negative term associated from episodes of X-Men, I really don't want to piss off Wolverine over this terminology. So only a small handful of the population pass on this genetic variation. So having no fingerprints can actually make life in our modern world very, very difficult. For instance, you need to provide fingerprints in the biometrics for your passport. In some countries, you actually need fingerprints to obtain your license, your national ID, to be registered at work for your work ID, for a SIM card for your phone, and even obviously for the police check. So it's good to know that um, this condition has no harmful biological side effects. So in fact, you are blessed with less sweaty hands and feet. Okay, less about sweating and more pondering. This week on Ponder Ponder. I am pondering about the genetics of broccolini and how it came about. 
I also pondered whether broccolini is the perfect Asian creation, featuring the best of Asia and the West. Would you believe broccolini is a hybrid vegetable, so not a man-made, but a hybrid, with genetic roots from Italy and China, however, born and raised in a Japanese lab. Broccolini was developed as a hybrid, obviously, uh, of broccoli and Chinese broccoli. It also looks very similar to broccoli, but as you might know, broccoli is in fact man-made and its family, or the stemming of its family, come from the mustard family, which traced back to Italy. Chinese broccoli, otherwise known as Chinese kale, doesn't actually look like Western broccoli, more like a combination of bok choy and kale. So again, it was originally um, found in the Mediterranean. However, today it is associated largely to Chinese cuisines. Though broccoli and broccolini have very similar flavors, broccolini I find is slightly sweeter and more tender. So I think it tends to be, you know, kid friendly. Well, next time you visit the markets and see broccolini, you can tell the stranger next to you about this lovely lab miracle involving the collective roots of Italy, China, and Japan. What's the password? Captain Bagrat, come in. Well, unfortunately, I couldn't find a secret Asian or Asian-ish who was Italian, Chinese and born in Japan. However, wasn't the Oscars 2021 an epic event in terms of diversification of accolades? Women of color are finally being recognized on the silver screen, <coughs> white screen. I mean, it took almost 100 years, but it's great to see progress. And I hope the Oscars committee continue to contribute and recognize the great work relatable to each generation. So massive congrats to Chloe Zhao, winning Best Director for Nomadland. She was born in a one-child policy generation in Beijing, educated in the UK at the age of 15, and then later moved to LA to finish high school and graduated from New York's University, the Trish School of Arts, where the notorious Spike Lee was her film professor. So she was always bound to do amazing things. Chloe is mostly an indie movie director. So her adventure with um, Nomadland was actually shot over four months traveling the American West with nomadic workers. So what you can see is that this particular film this that she's worked on has had great success from the Venice Film Festival where she won the Golden Lion and then in 2020 at the Toronto International Film Festival she won People's Choice and then went on to win a, a Golden Globe Award for Best Director, and then obviously recently at the Oscars for Best Director as well. Chloe is the second woman to win at both the Golden Globe and Oscars as Best Director. Now, these stats are not exactly empowering for women. However, we hope to see more of Zhao's work break the glass and bamboo ceiling. Armed, of course, with her pet dogs and three chickens and her creative partner, who happens to be a cinematographer. So bonus, you'll see more of this nomad indie director in the upcoming Marvel's Eternal movie, which is coming out later this year. On a tangent, it begs me to wonder, why hasn't James Wang from Australia been offered an Oscar yet? James, James Wang. You're probably asking who the hell is James Wang from Australia? I mean, he's only the second highest grossing horror franchise, Saw, and is one of the top 20 highest grossing directors in the millions, if not billions. Having worked on Aquaman, Aquaman 2 in the making, Fast and Furious 7, and Mortal Kombat, clearly he's doing something right with mainstream films. I mean, if Walt Disney, the creator of Disney 
in entertainment was awarded an Oscar for his animation of Donald Duck becoming a Nazi, then heck, anything is almost possible, right? Even The Exorcist, Sleepy Hollow, Sweeney Todd, American Werewolf in London, The Fly, and Aliens, they all won Oscars. And to me, these are pretty substandard in comparison to James Wang's horror honor list. Annabelle, Insidious, The Conjuring, and Saw, of course. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, is this some sort of discrimination toward us Australian horror creatives? Someone needs to start a movement for James Wang. You know, may this Aussie make waves in Hollywood and continue to soar to new heights. Hashtag Oscar for Wang. Put that in your pocket. Okay, I'm getting out of here to watch a James Wayne movie deliver a flawless victory. Bag rat out. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and we do, please support us with likes and shares. If you're really digging Captain Bagrat, it does cost us a bit to produce, and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid. <laughs>